we're uh, again in this series. We're talking about some uh, some individuals, characters that we kind of missed as we as we kind of did a broad sweep of the Old Testament. And this morning, I want to talk to you about Jonathan. And this is very appropriate for Father's Day. But Jonathan uh, and David. Uh, let me just paint a little bit of the context here. Jonathan was King Saul's uh, son. And if you remember that whole story, King Saul was a very um, egotistical, or threatened, let me say threatened, a very threatened individual. He uh, wanted to protect his kingship with everything that he had. Uh, David, uh, or actually, when you look at that whole story, King Saul did some things that focused more on himself. God got a little irritated with him, and it said God withdrew his spirit. I'm paraphrasing all this, so please read the story. I'm staying close to the storyline, all right? I'm not making any of this up, but um, God withdrew his spirit from King Saul. He anointed David as king. Uh, Saul hated it. I mean, obviously, Saul felt very threatened. Uh, in fact, after that, you know, that's when, when David killed Goliath and everything, and all the people were all ecstatic and just giving all shouts and everything to David, and, and, and Saul got really jealous and threatened. And so um, after that, King, uh, king Saul was really put a mark out on David's head. He was trying to kill David. Jonathan was King Saul's son, but he had this incredible relationship with um, with David, to the point where let's let's get honest, guys. In our society today, we would probably look at it and say that's kind of odd, right? Look at the scripture. Look at the text of scripture found in First Samuel uh, chapter twenty, verse seventeen. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him. Now this next part, because he loved him as he loved himself. I think in our society today, we would say, whoa, 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 that's a bit weird. He's a little bit too much. He loves David a little bit too much. Something's a little off with this whole picture, right? And I think, you know, I think that's, you know, in our society today, that's how we're getting influenced as a church. We kind of miss out on this whole really close relationship, uh, healthy relationship, uh, the way dynamics, the way it should be. We begin to miss out on it because we're taught a different thing. In fact, even as a staff, we, we've had conversations in staff meetings like, hey, you know, when we counsel somebody, you know, how do we do that? We need to have, make sure we have a window in our office, make sure we either have the door open, someone else around if it's with the opposite sex or something like that so that we stay above reproach and we make sure that we, uh, you know, show integrity and that kind of stuff because what? We're afraid something might be said, somebody might walk by, construe something differently and say da-da-da-da-da-da. We live in a society, it's like that. In fact, uh, we've even talked about this too, don't hug the opposite sex. You know, don't hug the opposite sex because if you do, it might be perceived as something else. And what happens is, I mean, there's some common sense in some of that. I'm not, I'm not saying that there's not. But after a while, we start taking the, I think, biblical principles out of relationships. And next thing you know, we have these stale, dry, uh, mediocre bib- uh, spiritual relationships with one another that really doesn't provide anything. I wonder how many of us in here this morning had fathers. Guys, you answer this question, raise your hand. How many of you had fathers that really embraced you, that just gave you a physical embrace, hugged you? Some of it. See, it's, it's very interesting that uh, I think the Adrian campus, we had a pretty big number that, that had fathers that really embraced them uh, for the first service. It must be Blissfield. It's a Blissfield campus. You guys got to amp it up now. But some of it is, it's like we didn't, ha- we didn't grow up in that environment. In fact, we might have grown up in an environment that said, hey, don't show your emotions. Don't, don't, hey, don't feel. You can't feel. Don't show your emotions because sissies do that. And so what happens is we've grown up in this environment that's like, that's, that's really kind of distant. 
We don't have people that's really close to us. We don't have people that comes in and embraces us. And, and it's not just about the physical embrace. I'm, or embrace. I'm not saying that. But it's this concept of, of really growing close to one another is what I want to share with you today. And part of the reason why that doesn't happen is because we're not, we're not authentic with one another. It's scary to be authentic with one another. And God says, if you're going to have great relationships with each other, you need to be very authentic with one another. Romans 12, 9, Paul says this, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Paul says, don't fake it. Love from the center of you, from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Talking about authenticity. Love comes from the, from the real inside. Don't fake it. That authenticity is, is what you see is what you get. I'm not going to wear a mask in front of you. I'm going to, you know, I will have a relationship with you where I'm not going to wear the mask. I'm going to let my guard down. I'm going to let you engage. I'm going to let you enter in. I'm going to let you know where I may be struggling in my spiritual walk. Why? Because we're in this together, and I trust you, and I love you, and I want to be in this relationship with you together. That's foreign for some of us. For some of us sitting in here this morning, there may not be someone else in our, in our lives that truly knows what, truly know what makes us tick. Truly know where we're struggling. Truly know where the enemy is, is grilling us and drilling us and trying to rip us away, where he's pulling us away and tempting us and enticing us. And, and, and truth be known, we're falling, to, we're falling prey to that temptation. We want to keep a guard there. And, and, and this morning I want to share with you a couple of reasons of why we do that. And it all kind of builds together. And then we'll, I think if we look at why that happens, maybe we can come in and attack it from the backside and say, okay, we're not going to let this happen any longer. One of the first things, that, or the first thing that happens or keeps us from being truly authentic with one another and just really allowing someone in within our lives is this concept of fear of exposure. We're afraid that people will truly find out who we are. We're, we're afraid that if people really get close to us, if we let someone in, we're afraid that they're going to see how we truly tick. They're going to see that, you know, hey, I've got some weaknesses. I've got some insecurities here. And I really don't want to show those to you. Now, we don't have a problem in showcasing our strengths, right? If someone comes along and says, hey, I really see some strengths in you. Hey, I, you know, Tom, I really see how you play the bass. You do an awesome job playing the bass. You are really cool when you play the bass. Your wife's a little bit better, though, right? Yeah, I'm just He's actually told us that, you know? But uh, I'm joking, kind of. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but you do a great job playing bass. You know, musically, you do an awesome job, you know? And it's like, we, now we love that. Now, if I would come, hey, Tom, um, there's something else I want to share with you. I see a weakness. Now it's a different story. It's like, whoa, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let's spend some more time on the strengths. Let's put, a, let's put a time out. Let's put a check mark on the weaknesses and, we'll, and you know, those things. We'll get to that differently. We're, we're cool with that. We're, we're cool with our weaknesses being, or our strengths being exposed. But when it, comes to our, when it comes to our weaknesses, it's like, I don't want anyone to know. I don't want anyone to know that I don't have it all together. Here's the beauty of it is every single person sitting in here knows that no one has it together. We're all fooling ourselves. Every single one of us knows that no one has it together. How many of us have been through different phases and seasons of our lives where we, at some point you get into it and you're, you, this realization sweeps over you? You're like, no one knows what they're doing around here. You know what I'm saying? Like when it comes to parenting and stuff like that, it's like, who's the one that says, well, I've got it all figured out. 
Or I've got, I'm married and I've got this whole husband thing figured out. I've got it figured out. I mean, no one has it all together. And here's the beauty. It's like we all think that we do. We all think that, well, I can't let someone else know that. There's, here's the, here's the beauty of the, here's the beauty of all of it is we try to protect that when the only person that, that, we don't even know ourselves. There's only one person that fully understands everything, and that's God. God knows exactly who we are. And that's why we have this fear of getting close to people, because up close people begin to see our flaws and our weaknesses. And if we really want to build deep, meaningful relationships that are, that are intimate, that really where we start doing life together, it takes living up close. It takes allowing someone to come along beside of us and knowing truly who we are. So the first point is this, or the first antidote or point to, to the exposure is this. We need to walk and to live in God's light. First John 1 John 1.7 says that if we claim that we have the light living in us as God is in the light, then we can share in fellowship with each other. So as we allow God to come in and we live in the light of God, where we say, you know what? God's the only one that really matters here. God already knows how I am. God already knows my struggles. Now, guys, I get that, I get that we're not going to have an open mic planted here and we're going to say, okay, everybody come up and share their dirty laundry. All right? I, I understand that. But if we don't have a couple individuals within our lives that we can truly have tight fellowship with that says, I struggle in this area and I need you to, I need you to help me. I I need you to help journey with me. I need you to call me in to check from time to time. I need you that when you see something that's off, you're going to come in and you're going to say, hey, this isn't you. This is not you. This this thing that you've got going on is not you. Something's up. And I'm here to journey with you. And so as we do that, as we live in the light of God, as we sh- that's when we're able to share in true fellowship with one another. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.2. He says, we refuse to wear masks and play games. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display so that those who want to see, or those who want to, can see. If we don't live authentically, if we don't embrace this whole concept of authenticity where we allow a couple other individuals come in, we're literally living a lie. We're, 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 we're a phony and we're trying to be someone that we're not. And, and it's, that's where it all comes crashing down. Now, this is all going to build on one another because the reason why we fear exposure and being found out is the fear of rejection. If you really know who I am, if you really know what I struggle with, if you know how much I struggle with, what I struggle with, you're, there's this chance that you're going to reject me. You're going to expose me, and you're going to reject me. And we don't want people to see that because we fear disapproval or we fear rejection. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five, Solomon says, the fear of human opinion disables. Every single one of us in here struggles with this in a certain, to a certain degree. Now, some of us say, I, I could care less about other people's opinion. I could care less. You're right. You could care. You could or couldn't care less because you have a wall built up so high that no one can penetrate it, right? So there's no reason to fear because no one's going to get into your wall. Everybody has this sense of, of fear or concept of thinking about it because we've been created to be loved. We have this deep desire within us to be loved. In fact, a lot of our lives can go awry and can go completely dysfunctional because we search for that, for that, for that, we have this deep desire to be loved. And when, when we're not getting it from certain people like our parents or our spouse or others, we can become very dysfunctional in getting that, trying to receive and fulfill that deep desire to be loved. Every single one of us has that within us because God created that within us so that we would have that type of relationship with Him. 
That He's the one that provides that love. That He's the one that fulfills that deep desire within us to be loved. And so we may spend our entire lives making sure that we're not unloved, or we make sure that, you know, the, the, and it, it can drive us into major, you know, different extremes many, many times. And, and part of the reason why that we struggle with this whole fear of rejection, too, is because for many of us, well, for all of us, we've never experienced unconditional love. Now, some of our relationships, we may be very close to it. We may have a very healthy relationship with another godly person, but at the end of the day, we're all human and we're all going to kind of fail, fail each other a little bit at certain, you know, certain points in our lives. The only place we can ever experience unconditional love is through Jesus Christ. And so for us, for some of us sitting in here this morning, that's all we've been exposed to is conditional love that says, hey, you know what, I'll love you if you do this. If you meet my standards, I will continue to love you. If you, you know, if you conduct yourself this way or whatever, this is my list, and as long as you don't violate this list, I will love you. That's conditional love. God says, as we just sang this song, I will never run out on you. I will never fail you. I will never run out. My love never runs out. I'm never going to leave you. That is a concept that is extremely hard for us as humans to grasp because, as I just said, we've never experienced that kind of love. It only comes from God, this, this concept of unconditional love. In fact, for many of us sitting here this morning, when we think about God will never run out on us, we will, that's even hard to grasp. I mean, it's hard for us to get our minds around that. And some of us will argue, well, he will if you do this, 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 and this. Well, no, maybe not that, but if you do this, this. I mean, we want to put conditions on all of it because it is so hard for us to grab a hold of the concept that someone's going to love me regardless. Someone is going to love me regardless. The antidote to this one is to trust in that love. To trust in God's love. To not build our self-esteem on other things when we talk, which makes them, makes that thing an idol. But to trust in God's love. And to build upon God's love. Listen to what Daniel says in chapter 10, verse 19. Don't be afraid, for you are deeply, deeply loved by God. Be at peace, take heart and be strong. The psalmist says in 56.11, I trust in God so I will not be afraid. What can people do to me? The more we realize the more we realize and embrace and, and grab a hold of this unconditional love of Jesus Christ, and when I say embrace, I'm talking about where we, it goes from this, cognitive, this, this concept to where it travels down into our heart, where it becomes embedded in our emotions, it becomes embedded into our feelings, it becomes embedded uh, internally within us. That's when the freer we become to drop the mask, to quit pretending, to stop being phony, to quit faking it, and to begin to live authentically. That's when we really get plugged into God's unconditional love. And when we get plugged into God's unconditional love, it literally transforms our whole lives. But again, as all these build on one another, you have exposure, you have the fear of being rejected. The reason why it's so hard for us to um, is to is to um, get over this fear of rejection, exposed, is, is the root of it all, and that's the fear of being hurt again. Some of us are sitting in here this morning, and we've been hurt. We've been hurt. We've been hurt by close people. We've allowed people to come in. They've taken the information they've, heard, they've seen and heard, and we've confided in them. Something went, happened within our relationship. They took it, and they used it for their gain. Some of us are sitting in here this morning where we were hurt 
years and years and years ago. And as the cliche says, and we've said it a hundred times, and you've heard it a billion times, it's like, it's like a bad movie. We just keep replaying it, replaying it, replaying it. And the odd thing is, as humans, even though it hurts so bad, we keep replaying it, replaying it, replaying it, which really doesn't make sense, does it? This hurt, but I want to relive it. This really hurt, but I want to continue to relive it on a daily basis. But that's what happens. We've been hurt. Some of you have been hurt. You're sitting in here this morning. You're hurt. You've got the walls built. The walls are thick. They are, uh, no one can penetrate them. And that's the way it's going to be because you're not going to trust again. You're only going to let someone in so close, and that's it. Don't come any closer because I've been burnt once and I'm not doing it. Maybe I've been burnt twice or whatever it is. I've been burnt. But the fear, of, the fear of being hurt again keeps us from truly having these authentic relationships like Jonathan had with David that says, I love you. Not like a brother. I love you like I love myself. I can't imagine. And I've got some friends in my life, some relationships within my life that's pretty close But I can't imagine what it would be like if Element was full of individuals where we loved one another like that. Jesus said that the world's going to know you by the love that you have for one another. I think that means that we know each other. There's there's, there's a few people that's walking with us on on this spiritual journey that knows exactly what we're struggling with. That knows what's keeping us from becoming the person that God has created us to be. That one thing or those couple things that God has said, I want to remove this from your life because it's destroying you. It's It's not enabling you to live life to the fullest. And we have a couple individuals that know what that is, that knows what our, what our true weakness is, and they're there to say, I love you like myself, and I'm going to journey with you. If you need to call me up in the middle of the night, I will get out of bed, and I will come over to your house, and I will pray with you. As I shared with you last week, the reason why I think some of this is so passionate on my heart right now is the fact that in our body right now, there are people that don't have those types of relationships and they're being drug away and tempted, tempted and enticed by Satan and they're getting ripped apart to a certain degree by the enemy. And they're hurting. And I counsel with these individuals and I look at them and I ask them this question. Do you have friends within your life that you can share this with? And they look at me and they say, I might have this one, but I'm afraid to say something because they might share it with someone else. I don't know about you, but that wouldn't be, that's not how I define friend. And that's sad and that's scary. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not so sure how more plain that gets to see the enemy of the, or the, the strategy of the enemy is to get someone in a position where he can pull them away and kind of separate them so they're on their own, and then he can start just messing with them. Letting them fall into temptation, enticing them. Who do they have to fall back on? The fear of being hurt again. The fear of exposure. The fear of being rejected. All these things play in there to where it's hard for us to have those types of relationships. Let me challenge you in another way too. Are you that type of friend? Some of the people that you call friends, some of the people you attend church with here at Element, some of the people you would look at and say, yeah, they're my friend. Do you know that person kind of on the inside and out where you look at them and you say, I, I don't know what's going on, but something's happening here. 
I don't, I can't put my finger on it, but I know I'm having this sense of discernment with you because you're my friend and I'm this close with you and I love you this much. There's something that's going on and I don't know what it is, but I just want to let you know that I'm here for you. And you can trust me with whatever it is that you have because I want to journey with you. And I want to pray with you and we're in this together. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes about this whole concept of feeling hurt. He says, and this is what happened. This is what, this is what we just talked about, the enemy's uh, strategy. He writes in Ecclesiastes 5.17, all they get are days of full of sadness and sorrow. These are the individuals that don't have that and they kind of build up these walls around them. All they get are days full of sadness and sorrow and they end up sick, defeated, and angry. And then he says, my heart grew embittered and my affections dried up. Our, heart, our hearts begin to, to become cold. They become cold, they become callous, they become, you know, they become, what's the use of all of this? So what's the antidote to this, or what is the step to this one? It would be, uh, it would be the solution, it would be uh, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, where uh, God says through the prophet Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone. Some of us have been hurt so bad in the past, We've closed ourselves off, and it's been years since we've experienced this, this sense of authenticity with anybody. Don't get too close. I'm not going to let you in. And the, probably the most difficult thing we could ever do, which is part of the healing, is that we open our arms up again and we say, I'm willing to be vulnerable to you. Paul says this, Once our lives were full, once our lives were full of resentment, we hated others, they hated us. But when the time came for the kindness and love of God, uh, our Savior, to appear, then He saved us. Not because we were good enough to be saved, but because of His kindness by washing away our sins and giving us the joy, the new joy, that comes from a new heart. Guys, some of you are in here this morning, and this message is God is directly speaking into your heart, and He's saying, it's time to let someone journey with you. It's time to let someone journey with you. Some of you are sitting in this morning and you're full of hurt and it's like God's coming to you and He's leaning into you and He's saying, I want to give you joy. I want to give you this new heart. I want you to experience life to the fullest, but you're going to have to, you're going to, have to open up. You're going to have to embrace. Some of you are sitting in here this morning and the message that God has for you is, you need to open your eyes and look around because you've got some individuals that's in your sphere of friends that are getting destroyed. And they need you. And it's time to press in. It's time to lean in. It's time to say, I love you. Brother, I love you. And I'm going to journey with you. You see, what happens is, and you can see it happening within people's lives, we get so distracted, we start getting off, and the issue's not really the issue. Uh, we, we start painting this picture of, well, this is the issue, and we have all these external issues taking place while internally we're being completely ripped apart. We need each other within our lives to say, man, I'm with you. I'm going to journey with you. Guys, I get that this is a, this is a, a, you know, you can't press in too far on a friend unless they let you in. But I would like to, I, I want to say this. I hope that in my life I have friends that keeps pushing. That says, yeah, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. You pushing me away. We're closer than that. And I'm coming in. And maybe God's calling you this morning to be that type of friend. All of this, 
again, starts with authenticity. It starts with being vulnerable. It starts with opening ourselves up, I think, to the Spirit of God, allowing the presence of God to come into our lives and to literally take and consume us and, and whatever it is that God wants to do in and through us and to reach out to whoever, whomever that he places within our lives, we're available. Or people may be coming into our lives, but it starts for us embracing God, trusting God, saying, God, God's the one that matters in all of this. This isn't so much about me. It's about, it's about God. And so I pray that as we close our time here with a, with a couple songs, that we just use it for uh, a time of response. I know that God's presence is here today. His spirit is here today. And one of the things that he wants to happen, so desperately wants to happen, is for you, for each and every one of us, to encounter him in a very intimate way. And that we would respond to his leading in the way he wants us to respond. I pray that during this next moment, this next time, this next um, allotment of time and space as we spend just kind of wrapping up our, our worship service here today, that you would just become vulnerable to God, starting with God, opening up with Him, allowing His Spirit to just connect with your spirit, and then respond the way He would have you to respond. Let me close with a word of prayer before we enter into this next time, of this next space of worship. Father, I thank you for your word and how uh, we're told that it's it's um, a double-edged sword that brings that cuts out disease, but also brings healing. God, that it pierces, and it pierces very quickly into the core. And God, for some of us, this was hard to hear. For some of us, we know that we've built up the walls because we've been hurt, and we don't want to let people in. We don't want to confess. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to show our weakness because we're afraid. And God, I pray that you would just give us this new sense of assurance, knowing that, 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 that our faith is placed in you and not really others, but, but God, that we will learn to trust again, and we will learn to invite someone in our life that you're bringing in that's, that's saying that, that they love us. God, I thank you for those in here that's going to respond to this message in a way to where they're going to look to their friends and press in even harder after today because they love them. And they have, a, they have this love like Jonathan had for David that said, I love you like I love myself. And that's not a dysfunctional love. That's not an inappropriate love. But that's a biblical love. And God, we would embrace that. And, and I thank you for the individuals that's going to respond in that way. God, however you choose for us to respond, I pray that this time would be a time where our hearts would be open to you, that there would be a a, um, a, a, you know, a new, like a sensitivity to, to your spirit touching us, that you would find spirits that are open to receive what it is that you want to communicate to us. I commit all this to you through the powerful name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.